Welcome to Blink of an Eye, life stories of trauma, loss, awakenings, and epiphanies, beginning with one mom's journal entries recorded in real time of a catastrophic diving accident, rendering her teenage son paralyzed from the neck down, and the courageous fight to save his life. Told through unedited text and journal entries and inspiring guest interviews, Blink of an Eye will take you on a powerful journey of advocacy and hope and an unvarnished look at the true nature of our relationships and interconnectedness in the face of an event that changes everything. Season 2, Episode 18, Hot Cocoa. Hello, everyone. I hope you are doing well. I also hope you are enjoying or benefiting from the look behind the scenes thanks to text messages shared and read to you in real time. We will continue with readings of unvarnished, unedited text messages in this episode, 18, Hot Cocoa, and also episode 19, The New North Star. Instead of companion episodes, I decided to do a trilogy. Well, where we are in the story, the hospital had declared Archer was not transportable because his body was so weak and his lungs so collapsed, and we were looking for other options in a world where they said we were stuck. By the grace of the network of friends and friends of friends following the Archer blogs, outreach had been made on our behalf to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. I came to find out that they had tried to reach me directly through the hospital, but the hospital had said, quote, the family was not accepting phone calls, end quote, which was false, as we had never said anything of the kind, and indeed had sent a note to Atlanticare PR that had said we welcomed calls a number of weeks ago. But at this time in the story, that false and incorrect message was harmful. But by the grace of long-ago friendships, my grade school and high school friends in Springfield, Illinois, a Facebook page that they called Prayers for Archer had been started. It was run by my friend Julie Sullivan in California, and she posted my family and friends updates, which I believe she lifted from my Facebook or perhaps my daughter Paula sent them to her. Julie became a sort of chief of staff, grand conductor of sorts, of a lot of inquiries and communication that flowed through that Facebook page, and I was made aware of all of them. Thanks to prayers for Archer, Bernadette Morrow from the Christopher and Dana Reed Foundation found me. You met Bernadette in episode 15, Moving Towards the Pain. From that connection, I was encouraged to reach out directly to the Shepherd Center, which I did, to Dr. Don Leslie, on a telephone number found for me by a college friend. He and I were coordinating what you will hear about in this episode. And in case that wasn't enough, I had a number of other college friends and a Baltimore friend, a stepmom of one of Dutch's friends, who were all making calls on our behalf to the Shepherd Center. 
you will hear about that too. You will also hear the voice of my dear friend, Ann Hammond, in Houston, Texas. She and I were college roommates back at UVA many years ago. Okay, <laughs> so now you know the characters. Well, in the last episode, 17, you also heard the voices of most of my children. But you didn't yet hear from Dutch, our youngest son, or from Archer. You will hear from Dutch in this episode. And, well, hearing from Archer was impossible at that time, as he had had tubes in his mouth and now had not enough ability to take in oxygen to form the output of words that could be audible or heard. You know, it takes a pretty good amount of lung capacity for each of us to speak any one word, let alone sentences, and be heard. So we will continue with part two of the trilogy. Welcome to episode 18, Hot Cocoa. <laughs> oh, you might be wondering why I titled this episode Hot Cocoa. Well, in an uncanny turn of events, and you know how life can be like that, it was this time in the story, August 29th, when our daughter Paula, our oldest child who was 25 years old at the time, texted to our family a YouTube video that she found in her phone that Archer had sent her the year before about a little autobiographical story he wrote for one of his high school classes when he was a freshman. Well, Archer had just finished his sophomore year in high school when he was injured and when these texts take place. When I listened to the video again, which took a little investigation to find as the link was taken down by Google for all educational YouTubes, but McDonough School was able to recover it for us. Thank you, Jack Hardcastle. I never realized, though, until now, when I heard that little video again, just how prescient it was. And you will see why as well in this episode. And yes, it is about hot cocoa. But at the time, I was just happy to hear Archer's voice. And I still am, even if from the past. You know, I'd like to explore together the power of the patient's voice in decision-making in the Trauma Healing Learning 18 Hot Cocoa. So settle in, settle your spirit, take a deep breath. It's going to be a bit long again, covering two days. And immerse yourself and imagine each of these textures and their experiences. I hope there is an insight awaiting you about your own life. When we are given a window into others' interactions, we can often gain insights into our own lives. Okay, here we go. Episode 18, Hot Cocoa. It was August 2015 at Atlanta Care Hospital in the Trauma Intensive Care Unit. Life can change. 
in the blink of an eye. August 28th and 29th, Friday and Saturday, days 24 and 25. I received this text from Ann Hammond, my college roommate at University of Virginia and dear friend in Houston, Texas. Where there is love, there is life. Mahatma Gandhi. It sort of stopped me in my tracks as I thought about how much I loved Archer. Please help him live, Lord. Please, a good life. Received from Kathy Lobo, whom you have already met, the school nurse at Cathedral and my friend, 6.55 a.m. August 28th. Louise, this is what Father Andrew texted me after the vigil last night. My sentiments exactly. Your husband is so strong and his faith so true. I am proud to call him my friend. From Father Andrew, Bill is so beautiful. Didn't that feel like heaven? Even though we were praying for Archer, Bill had us already rejoicing in God, who is love and who is so close to us and Archer. Sent to Petey, my oldest son, who was 22 at the time and getting ready to head back to college. Good morning, dear ones. How was the night? What a gift to come home to a clean kitchen and fresh flowers everywhere. You're the best. Sent to Loretto Kane, my friend from the Order of Malta. 8.19 a.m. I love you, Loretto. Sent to Loretto Kane, 8.20 a.m. My dear friend, who gave me her blue butterfly that her father had given to her. Received from Anne Hammond, 8.21 a.m. Amazing, Louise. What an outpouring of love and hope. Sent to Billy Sempt, 8.22. I forwarded Loretto's message. Sent to Anne Hammond, 8.24 a.m. I also forwarded Loretto's message. Received from Petey at 8.26 a.m. Good. He got solid sleep and is still sleeping. And you have Megan to thank for the kitchen and flowers. Received from Ann Hammond at 8.28 a.m. Wow, Louise, you have so many people pulling for you. And your faith is an inspiration to all of us, even those who have never heard of Archer. Those who saw the newscast, those who your friends have told of Archer, your orbit is wide and full. I feel that you have encouraged us all to strain against our harnesses and pray with more strength than we ever knew we had. I love you. Sent to be 8.29 a.m. Yeah, on the sleep, and hopefully you too. And of course, I knew that was Megan on the ladder. Big hug. Received 
from Anne Hannah. I'm keeping Madeline, Leslie, Sherry, Lindsay, and Liz up to date. They are right here with you, each with her own brand of faith and some with no faith at all to speak of, but all are full of love and strength for you. Sent to Anne Hannon, 8.33 a.m. Liz had told me, and I am so grateful to you, as I cherish our theta days and those bonds created that are clearly part of the netting holding me up right now. Received from Anne Hannon, 8.34 a.m. They are holding you and loving you on tender hooks, always. Received from Petey, thumbs up. Sent to Anne Hammond, 8.49 a.m. Please let them know on the down low, especially Liz, who first raised it, that I think we may go to Shepherd. The Christopher Reeve Foundation has been a good resource for me when they called and helped navigate me to Shepherd. It looks like the air transportation may not be covered by our insurance if a lateral ICU to ICU transfer, which is a barrier. And we have not yet been able to talk with Archer as he's been too weak and in too much pain the last three days. But today, we will broach the subject of Atlanta rather than Baltimore. He loves Baltimore, so we will see. It's the right place I know for him energetically. It will be hard, and I don't know what it will look like with our family, as I have my practice that supports us financially and Dutch still at home. But, like Archer says, one foot in front of the other. He weakly mouthed to me, did I tell you that? When I raised the topic of rehab for the first time, four or so days ago, one day at a time. Today might be a good day to talk to him about it as he had a good night sleeping and I came home for a bit. Petey is there and I'll go back after I shower. Thank you, Liz and the Theta Connections. If we go, I may call upon the goodness of everyone's Atlanta Connections if we are there more than 30 days. And I anticipate three to four months at the rate we are going. But we just need to get Archer over this hump of long-term acute care, which is befuddling everyone and is an oxymoron unto itself. XO. Received from Anne Hammond. Oh Lord, what a terrible lot of decisions you must make. I know that you will be willing to make the right choices for your dear Archer. You are a warrior. You have put on the armor of God. Received from Marjorie Tenzer, one of my other UVA dear sorority sister friends in Boston. 9.08 a.m. Thinking of you, my dear friend, watch the video of the vigil. Please know how you are all loved. And we are here. Received from Bowie Hendricks Shishko, one of my childhood friends in Charleston, South Carolina, 9.35 a.m. 
What a strong boy you have, a real fighter. As Mama would say, the apple don't fall far from the tree. Centipede, 9.39 a.m. Do you want me to bring that easy pass for the van? Please tell me how the conversation goes with Arch regarding rehab. We need to get the transfer order signed. You can go ahead and sign for me and give it to Rosemary down the hall this morning to put the wheels in motion for a visit by one of their medical team tomorrow. Sent to Bowie Hendrick Shishko. Thank you, sweet Bowie. Miss you too. Please pray today for Archer's strength. XO. Proceed from Petey at 9.42 a.m. Don't worry about the easy pass. I have quarters for tolls on the drive back to Cape May, and we'll put it in the van when I get there. What time are you coming here? I haven't talked to Archer about rehab yet. He's still sleeping. Sent to Petey, 9.43 a.m. Looks like noon now because the administrative thing I need to do. Are you okay with that? Please tell me you are rested and then lie down while he sleeps. Proceed from Bowie Hendrick Shishko, 9.44 a.m. You got it, XO. Sent to Petey, 9.44 a.m. Can you refresh the oils and make sure soft nature sounds are on? And can you set up that new diffuser and the sound machine in the back corner? And I'll bring an extension cord. When you talk with Archer, please show him pictures and videos of Shepard from their website. Pete and I were strategizing when Archer was alert enough how to give him all the information he needed so that he would say yes to go to the Shepherd Center because all that had been going on behind the scenes, Archer had been drugged in surgery or under anesthesia. Received from Petey. I was going to wait until you were here too to talk to him about it all because you know way more. I don't know anything about Shepard really. Sent to Petey, look at that video and initiate the conversation, and then we can do it together when I get there. What do you think about initiating that transfer form this morning so we can get a shepherd person here tomorrow to meet before you go back to school, or should we wait? Sent to Julie Sullivan, 10.02 a.m. I knew we had a three-hour time difference, but that she got up early in the morning and was just waiting to text her. Can you please ask Shepard to send us two packages of materials? And I gave her our home address in Baltimore and a Cape May address. Thank you. Received from Julie Sullivan at 10.02 a.m. Yes, calling Susan right now. Sorry, Sarah, not Susan. Just left her message. We'll follow up this morning to make sure. XOXO. Received from Ann Hammond, 10.28 a.m. Madeline says that Evie's roommate has really good connections to Shepard if you need them. Heart, 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 heart. Received from Ann Hammond, 10.30 a.m. Can you ask one of your friends there to send me like 10 archer bracelets? People want to help you. Give them jobs. I will send them to Theta Sisters. I added Didi to my Theta group text. She says to tell you she has been praying. 
recede from in him at 10.31 a.m. Do you have Spotify? Sent to Petey. I think the key pieces are the two we visited have limited visitor hours because the work is hard and you're tired and it's intense, but only for a short period of time, generally 6 to 12 weeks. Kennedy Krieger has a crib in every room. Sent to Petey, 10.43 a.m. Sorry to ask, but did you have a chance to order Dad a new shirt, red-checked from L.L. Bean? I need a birthday present for him. Thanks. I mean Land's End. And I texted a picture of Billy's ripped old shirt. Received from Petey, 11.03 I'll order it today. I talked to him briefly about going to a rehab hospital just now, but didn't mention specifics because I haven't watched the Shepherd video yet. But the stage is set to talk to him about it all when you get here. Sent to Kathy Lobo and Paula Sempt, 11.05 a.m. Good morning, sweetheart and Kathy. Are there more bracelets? This is from my college roommate in Texas, Ann Hammond, and I forwarded Anne's text to me. Received from Mark Rohde, a business friend of mine in Baltimore at 11.09 a.m. Just wanted to let you know that the men's group at CCSFX prayed for Archer this morning. He and your family are continually in my prayers. God bless Archer. Received from Ann Crawford in Charleston, South Carolina. 11, 10 a.m. The pictures from the vigil last night are breathtaking and no surprise. What love. Keep the faith. I love you all. Received from Billy Whitehurst, 11, 14 a.m. Good morning. Hope Archer had a restful night. Any progress on the referral? I sent you an email on this, but not sure if you're checking and best address to use. Let me know if you didn't get it. Received from Kathy Lobo, 11.14 a.m. Lori Ryan in the parish ordered more. They're not in yet, but should be by Monday or Tuesday. We'll get them and send out ASAP. Sent to Ann Hammond, 11.25 a.m. I sent wristband request to Paula, also a Theta. I think Pete can do Spotify. We welcome all contacts to Shepherd. They want us there. I've spoken with the medical director, but it's good to have others call to let them know our connections because that's how love and prayer are ignited. Sent to Carol Foster, 1128 AM. Thank you, Carol. We will. How might I hear what you sent? You are very good to us. Sending love. Please pray a rosary. Received from Ann Hammond. Okay, I will tell Madeline. Received from Carol Foster. Go to WBAL-TV. Sent to Mark Rohde, 1130. Thank you, Mark. You are a good man. Sending love. Sent to Carol Foster, 1131. No time, my darling. Sent to Billy Whitehurst, 1132 a.m. We're all good. Just waiting for a conversation with Archer. He's been too weak to initiate it yet. Received from Ann Hammond. 
11.32 a.m. Give Pete my number or me his. I have some cool music to send you and maybe when he is up to it to play for Archer. Stay strong, Louise. And when you want to cry and scream and be mad or sad, you can call me. I am here. And I do feel that I have a little of a healing energy about me at times. I am really pulling hard for you. I will give Madeline's contact with Shepard all I can. Received from Carol Foster, 11.33 a.m. You can get the app for free. Sent to Ann Hammond, 11.33 a.m. Your healing energy, my dear friend, has been strong. I feel it. I love you so very much. Sent to Paula Sent. Can you post the WBAL story for me, along with something I'll send you later today? Stand by. Received from Pete, 11.38 a.m. I have freshened oils in room and logged the cards and gifts we opened. The picked flowers was a group effort. Also, we went through some of the sounds on the sound machine, but he was not thrilled and said to just put on Pandora on a low volume. He's back asleep now. Received from Paula Sempt, thumbs up. Received from Ned Inslee, 11.53 a.m. What a beautiful and moving candlelight vigil for Archer. Hundreds and hundreds of people sending their love and praying together for him and for you all. Billy gave a wonderful and powerful talk of hope, prayer, and love. So uplifting for everyone and hopefully for Arch. If you haven't seen it already, below is a link on how do I choose a rehabilitation center from the Christopher Reeve Foundation. Appears to have very good info, which I thought might be helpful. If we can help with any research, transport, etc., please don't hesitate. Hearts and hearts. I had learned that the cost of a medical transport on a plane from New Jersey to Georgia was not going to be covered by insurance. I imagined it was expensive. But isn't that exactly what insurance should help to cover? The expensive things. We had been a healthy family. We had paid premiums for decades now. We really needed the help now. Well, I didn't know what the cost of the transport was, but if it were a lot, I felt I could not ask my two friends to carry that burden. I know, my pride again, but I was just hoping insurance would cover it. Well, I looked up the cost of a plane ticket to Atlanta, and it was $169 round trip. I figured it would be more than that. We'll figure it out. Received. From May Reed Jacobs Darity, 12.43 p.m. What materials do you need for the mediation on Monday? Easel board? Toolbox? Received from May Reed Jacobs Darity, 12.43. Sorry, I meant facilitation. Received from Ann Crawford, 12.50 p.m. Amazing and powerful. Received from Billy Sempt, 1.16 p.m. Dewey has moved in, but has a big empty apartment that needs decorating. Can you guys help him? It needs your touch, 
And we certainly have the decorations available in our home. Sent to Paula Sempt 1.20 p.m. A family and friends update. Sent to Paula Sempt at 1.23 p.m. Please format for me with paragraphs and spaces, which I hope show up. Thanks. Sent to Paula Sempt at 1.24 p.m. A picture of Archer's tree in our backyard with a big hole from where she had shed her leaves. I'd say it was a hole in her heart, but she was green now. Sent to Marie Jacob Sterity, my assistant, at 1.27 p.m. Yes, pad of paper, all delivered to my house so I can work on Sunday. Name tags, BMC folder. I need the agenda you guys are putting together following the format of my other. Thanks. Received from Paula Sempt. You got it. Sent to Petey. Very good. When he awakens, try to show the Shepherd video. I'm sorry you're having to do double duty. I'll be there in 90 minutes. I got delayed at home because I was on the phone with the folks at Johns Hopkins about the facilitation I had to do on Monday on integrating the departments there. Received from Marie Jacobs Darity. 1.40 p.m. Sure, I'll email it when it's done and drop off the stuff at your house. Do you want to meet at Hopkins on Monday or someplace else before? Received from Julie Sullivan, 1.41 p.m. Sarah is out, so I spoke with admissions, and they requested email with addresses. Done. Received from Petey. It's okay. I am fine, but Dutch is super antsy, and he can't sit still, and definitely seems ready to go back to Cape May. Sent to Petey. Yeah, my bad. I'm on my way. Received from Will Phipps, 2.06 p.m. I'll love you so much, and I will be available soon to help you soon. From afar, I'm watching God work mysteriously for you and for being relational. Who knows what is his will? But through Archer, your life work with Billy is being heard, seen, and respected. You are authenticity, acting as you teach, and the world is hungry and ready for your message, Louise. You are love and goodness. You are the miracle to us all. Please send Billy and the kids my love. Received from Julie Sullivan, 2.10 p.m. Sarah Morrison from Shepherd just called. She said they have to receive a referral from the hospital. Social worker or discharge planner needs to call her. Then she will come to you at Atlantic Care Medical Center as early as next week. Sarah will be the case manager for you, but she has to get the referral first. She said to give them her cell phone number. Sent to Will Phipps, 2.12 p.m. I will love you. Sent to Julie Sullivan, 12.18 p.m. Thanks. We know. We are waiting on Archer. Thought we could talk last night, but too weak. Then this morning, but still, hopefully soon. Another friend nurse made contact also. Said they could send someone tomorrow if we got referral in today. Waiting on Archer. 
I know it's right, but it has to be right in his mind too. Sent to Julie Sullivan, 2.20 p.m. Don't want to get our wires crossed. I only needed the promo stuff sent like they do regularly. You're awesome. All other contacts with Shepard, done. Sarah and Dr. Leslie, XO. Sent to Petey, FYI, come into town over the Cape May Bridge. I've been in local traffic 35 minutes west Cape May. Received from Julie Sullivan, 2.23 p.m. Do you want me to call her again and ask for promo packet? The way she spoke, they don't send anything until they assess and confirm he is a candidate. I'll do whatever you need. Sent to Julie Sullivan, 2.25 p.m. It's okay. Not mandatory. We just wanted the regular stuff they send a prospective person to look at. I know they have that. But that's okay. Let's wait and not rock the boat with more inquiries. Sent to Ned Inslee, 2.28 p.m. Thanks. I hadn't seen it, but we've been in regular communications with the foundation about a week now. They reached out and have been wonderful. I'll listen to what you sent on my drive, added to my rosary. XO. Sent to Paula Sempke, 30 p.m., forwarding Ned's text to me. Favor, please confirm when posted, because people texting me and asking, and I'll say posted. Received from Sarah Morrison. She was my contact at the Shepherd Center. 2.35 p.m. I have been out of town for the past two days. Are you getting the information you need to make a decision? Oh, my gosh. We made our decision, but we were waiting on our turn. Received from Paula Sempt. Posted, exclamation point. It's been up for about 45 minutes. Sent to Paula Sempt. Thumbs up, XO. Sent to Sarah Morrison, 2.54 p.m. Hi, can you call me now? Received from Bernadette Morrow at the Christopher and Dana Reed Foundation, 2.55 p.m. She is away from her desk. We'll look for her cell, 404-359-7714. Received from Chad DeSatnick of the DeSatnick Foundation, 2.57 p.m. Hi there. Just checking in on Archer, you and the rest of the family. Oh my gosh. He had come to visit me a couple weeks ago and asked me to consider a lawsuit against the Army Corps of Engineers for the sandbar and the beach replenishment project in Cape May that has endangered surfers' lives. I was moved by their plea. How dangerous it had become. But I felt dizzy as we spoke because I was committed to not getting involved with any negative energy that could interfere with the energy and focus on Archer's healing. But I did tell him, and I meant it, that I would help with advocacy to ensure beach swimmers in Cape May were aware of the dangers of diving and that I'd help put an effort into beach replenishment changes. 
but not with a lawsuit. But other advocacy, I just couldn't do it then. Received from Bernadette Morrow at Christopher Reed, 3 o'clock. No luck with cell. Leave her a message. 3.02 p.m. You left a voicemail for Kelly Sidnor, Cole's mom. Received from Bernadette Morrow. Her cell, and she gave it to me. I asked Kelly to call or text me. One of those telephone numbers was the number of a quadriplegic. I didn't realize I had called directly. Received from Kathy Boyne, my contact at Johns Hopkins for the facilitation, 3.08 p.m. Hate to nag, but everyone is looking for a framework for walking into the meeting on Monday. Are you able to provide one to two paragraphs? If you can, just dictate. I can turn it into a pretty email. Sent to Bernadette Morrow, 3.10 p.m. Just talked with her. She texted while we were talking and called. Received from Bernadette Morrow, 3.14. Sarah or Kelly? Received from Bernadette Morrow, 3.14. Great news, no matter who. Received from Betty Payne McGee, my aunt in Mississippi, 3.36 p.m. Glad Archer is resting well after his lung operation. We sent you a check Monday to the address you gave me. Wanted you to know before you left this place. We are praying every day. Received from Paula Semt, 3.36 p.m. Just found this on YouTube, Archer's Voice, smiley face and somehow it seems appropriate. Let's get him some chocolate-flavored chapsticks. Hot chocolate on the horizon. We found that hot cocoa clip Paula sent me. After some research and asking around and resurrecting from McDonough School archives, listening to it now reminds me how much it made me smile because I hadn't heard Archer's voice for a long time. And it's very Archer, all of it. Here is the clip in full. The first time you will hear Archer's voice in the podcast. I shivered as I tenderly pulled off my blue mittens, frozen hard from the snow outside. I yanked off my boots and slid out of my snow pants. Meanwhile, I'm buttoning my oversized down jacket and hand-me-down for my brother. My eyes lit up with glee as I heard my dad calling from the kitchen. Now just in a long sleeve t-shirt and some sweatpants, I dash into the kitchen, sliding on the hardwood floor in my wet socks. Here you go, Arch, my dad said. Warm up. He handed me a small cup of hot cocoa, my favorite drink of all time. Barely able to contain myself, I drained the cup without hesitation. The temperature was perfect. I cracked a giant smile, full of missing teeth, as my dad happily refilled my cup. It was winter of 2006. I was eight years old, and just like my tasty cup of cocoa, everything was perfect. Slowly, I exhaled, pursing my lips and softly blowing on the steaming cup of hot cocoa that sat before me. My legs dangled and swung back and forth as I sat at the black marble countertop in my kitchen. I couldn't help but smile as I took my first sip, the savory liquid chocolate sliding down my throat and filling my stomach with the warmth, comfort, and sense of quiet pleasure and security I had known my entire life. Now summer of 2007, I have been recently referred to an expert at Hopkins Medical Center, Dr. Brown. A few weeks before, doctors at GBMC Hospital had discovered a rare rogue skin cell called cholesteatoma 
in my right ear that they had probably believed to be mucus. Lucky to have one of the leading hospitals in the world so close to home, I went in for a checkup. Indeed, I did have cholesteatoma in my right ear and immediate action was necessary. I would have surgery in the next month. So as I sat there at my kitchen counter, feet dangling, I slowly took another sip of my cocoa, thinking to myself, would I ever know the same comfort and security again? My ear surgery was the very next day and gradually fear was creeping up on me and taking me over like a quiet winter that steadily sucked the life from the forest that was my fragile state of mind, so naive to pain and genuine fear for life. I took the last wig of my cocoa, savoring the final fleeting drops of a calm warmth and comfort before I went to bed, fearful of the impending doom now sure to wake me the next morning at 9am in my hospital bed. I arrived at Hopkins the next morning at 8am sharp, tentatively walking through the enormous revolving glass doors that had greeted me so many times before. My mom, dad and I walked up to the security checkpoint and I reached out my arm and gave my name, stone faced as the man working the counter smiled and wrapped the familiar neon orange bracelet around my outstretched wrist. I gave the man a quick nod and a hesitant smile before continuing on my way to the elevator just ahead on the right. I knew the way. With my mom and dad in tow, I stepped into the elevator and reached towards six, the button that would take me to the floor for the otolaryngology wing at the hospital, where I'd had all my previous appointments. My finger hovered over the six before I pushed the button marked LL for lower level. This time it was different. When I finally arrived at the lower level, it was clear this was no place of comfort. There were no plush chairs lounging around in before my appointment or small children playing with the blocks, books, and other toys that were typically set out in all the previous waiting rooms I'd been in. This room was not even so much as a room as a corridor. It was cold white and lined on left and right with bed after bed, surrounded by light blue curtains and filled with patients and their closest companions. All the inhabitants of this unfamiliar room seemed to be quietly saying they loved one another before saying goodbye and watching their loved ones being wheeled away promising everything would be fine and they would be there when he or she woke up. Was this a promise they could be sure to keep? What were you doing? I followed the nurse to my bed and followed directions as the curtain was drawn and I changed my clothes to the gown worn by all patients. The scrap of cloth could hardly be called a gown. It was essentially a small sheet that had a string in the back tied up on my mom's as slipped on the soft socks with the rubber bottoms customary for all patients. The time blurred by as I was quickly briefed by an endless stream of doctors and nurses. I only stopped to think once as I was asked by the anesthesiologist what fragrance I would like around the lips of the mask that would introduce the laughing gas and eventually knock me out, numbing me up to pain. With the part of the brain that wasn't consumed by the doubts and fears of the surgery only minutes away, I answered, asking if they had chocolate, hoping to cling to something familiar to me. I was answered by chocolate-flavored chapstick that was pushed under my nose. I inhaled, allowing the chocolate to pervade all my senses and rid my mind of doubt. I nodded. Perfect. Before I knew it, I was softly giggling from the corny jokes of the anesthesiologist as I slowly drifted into sleep, succumbing to the carefully administered gas from the mask around my nose and mouth. My eyes fluttered open and I immediately felt a sharp pain just behind my right ear as a blur of white light and familiar faces came into focus. There they were, leaning over me after five hours of surgery. My parents smiled as I tried to sit up, opening up my mouth to speak. My lips cracked and I emitted a soft groan from my throat which seemed to be impossibly dry. My parents exchanged looks of relief and greeted me as they fed a straw into my mouth, allowing me to slake my thirst and wet my palate. I returned the greeting and accepted an orange popsicle from the now present nurse. I was okay. I was alive. The next day I woke up in my bed at home, begging my mom for the pain medication, hoping to dull the searing pain behind my ear. 
She quickly brought me the appropriate dosage and I desperately choked it down, croaking from the horrible taste. I collapsed back into my bed and closed my eyes. Moments later, I was awakened by a quiet knock at my door. My eyes lit up as my grandmother walked into my room. She had flown in from Illinois and was carrying in her hands a steaming mug of hot chocolate. How do you always know just what I need, I asked. I was answered by a soft chuckle before I gratefully received the sweet, lovingly made cup of cocoa, topped with enough whipped cream to be an entire meal in itself. I took my first sip, leaving a whipped cream mustache just above my top lip, and was once again embraced by the familiar comfort of my favorite beverage. Two more surgeries followed in the year to come, but they too were different. For the first time in my life, I had really known pain and had overcome it. From then on, I approached hardship with secure mind and spirit, pushing my fears down. I accepted the fact that I might not make it through whatever it was I would face, but no matter what, it would make me stronger. My Lord, Archer, were you preparing or being prepared for this? It haunted me. I was reminded of how much physical pain Archer had endured as a child four head surgeries close to his brain. He had had them in four years, where he was on his back for a month in recovery each time and learned how to remain very still for a number of hours a day. Sent to Kathy Boyne, 3.54 p.m. Yes, I did it this a.m., before noon and sent via email from Kate May. I'm so sorry if you didn't get it. It's common for emails to not go through on the island. I'm so sorry. I should have double checked. I just asked Pete to bring me my laptop. The hospital surely has a connection. I've been operating from my iPhone. It's coming or I'll redo it. It's simple actually, enough to allay their fears. All the supporting background will be part of my overview. Received from Ruthie Lavelle, a cathedral mom back in Baltimore, 3.57 p.m. What a beautiful and amazing vigil last night. Billy was equally amazing, as were Dewey and Paula. What strength the Semps have and how the community is inspired by each of you. Quick note. I am heading to the Jersey Shore tonight and returning on Sunday night. Please let me know if anything or anyone needs to be transported. Archer Strong. Received from Louise Sempt, my namesake, 3.58 p.m. Yes, great idea, Paula. We do that all the time with kids at the hospital. I'm at the store now. I'll check out their chapstick selection. Sent to Ruthie LaBelle. 3.59 p.m. Ruthie, I found this never sent the send button from last text. XO, thank you. Archer is very weak now. He had another surgery today for his lungs for transport, and he will have another tomorrow. Archer Strong. Sent to Ruthie Lavelle, 4 o'clock p.m. Thank you. I think we're good this weekend because I'm taking Dutch back for school on Monday, XO. Received from Ruthie Lavelle, 4.02 p.m. Let me know if you get stuck and I can take Dutch. He can even stay with us next week. 
received from Dutch Sound, 421 p.m. Hey, Mom, it's Dutch. Do you have Johnny Malonzo's number? If you do, can you send it to me? Sent to Dutch Sound at 4.42 p.m. Johnny Malonzo's contact information. <laughs> Actually, it's Dutch's friend, but I had all those boys in my phone. Received from Billy Sound, 4.42. That is so beautiful and right on target for today. Received from Dutch Sound, 4.42. Thanks, Mom. How's Archer? Received from Elizabeth Bip Sanborn, my sister in Bethesda, Maryland. 5 o'clock p.m. Hope you are feeling the love. Everyone is so awed by your strength and faith. The Semps are changing lives. Received from Lillian Phipps Johnston, my other sister in Chicago. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you, Paula. Sent to Kathy Boyne. 5.29 p.m. Just resent. I feel unprofessional and I'm sorry it did not get to you as intended. I hope you can still send it off without cutting into your Friday night time. I'm also available to chat. I've got coverage with the kids now for a few minutes to make sure you have it. If you want to change anything, my laptop is open and the Wi-Fi is on. Received from Kathy Boyne, 5.40 p.m. Okay, let me check it. Received from Kathy Lobo, the school nurse, 5.42 p.m. I picked up the bracelets today. We'll mail them to Anne tomorrow. Received from Kathy Boyant, Johns Hopkins, 5.42 p.m. Got it. All set. Looks good. No worries. Received from Kara Kohler, my neighbor in Baltimore, 5.46 p.m. As you think about next steps for Archer, I want to remind you about my friend whose son also suffered a spinal injury in May. He was at rehab at the Shepherd Center in Atlanta, which she said is amazing. Maybe there's someplace closer to home, though. XO. Sent to Kathy Boyne at Hopkins, 5.50 p.m. Look okay? Too detailed? Don't want to scare them with too much process. Received from Kathy Boyne, 5.52 p.m. Looks fine. Would like to talk Saturday or Sunday if you can for 20 minutes or so. Sent to Kara Kohler, 5.53 p.m. Thank you, dear lookout woman. Yes, it is on our front radar screen and we are waiting to initiate discussion with Archer when he wakes up from yesterday's surgery, which has left him in excruciating pain, which we are trying to manage. Sent to Kathy Boyne at Hopkins, 5.54 p.m. Sure, can talk now. Let me know what's best. Received from Kathy Boyne, 5.54. Still in meetings at work. Received from Kara Kohler, 5.55 p.m. She told me it's the place. They were there from Connecticut. I hope his pain eases soon. I don't know if you could tell from the photos of the prayer vigil, but I think there were 500 plus people at Friends last night. So many folks pulling for your archer. Received from Kathy Boyne, 5.57 p.m. Last night at Friends was beautiful, by the way. 
sent to Kathy Boyne, 604. Just text me. Sent to Kathy Lobo and Paula Sump at 6.05 p.m. Fantastic. And much thanks. What would we do without all the grace surrounding us and our lives like you? Received from Kathy Lobo, 6.06 p.m. You are more than welcome. Received from Elizabeth Fitz Sanborn, my sister, 6.28 p.m. Bill can come late Tuesday through Thursday. He's planning on it, unless you say otherwise. I added Jack. Received from my brother Tripper in Illinois, 6.33 p.m. I added Rosie, Daniel, and David. Received from Elizabeth, Fifth Sanborn, and Lily. Received from Petey. Now it's a party. Sent to Jack Sanborn. Elizabeth Phipps Sanborn, and 25 others. Archer spiked 104.8 temperature again, and we have him in an ice blanket. Received from Louise Sempt, my namesake, 741. Praying always. Received from my brother Tripper, 742 p.m., sending prayers. Received from Billy Sempt, 745 p.m., Sending prayers. Received from Billy Sempt, 7.55 p.m. Leaving Baltimore now and we'll go to Cape. We'll come to AC at 6 a.m., okay? Sent to Billy Sempt, 7.58 p.m. Okay. Sent to Billy Sempt at 7.59 p.m. Archer's temperature still high, but coming down. The ice blanket and machine are working. Sent to Elizabeth Phipps Sanborn, my sister, at 8 o'clock p.m. Sounds like a plan. If all goes well, he may see Archer flighted to rehab next week. This temperature may set him back, though. Received from Nan Heller, 8 o'clock p.m. Good evening, Louise. Robert and I bought a Bose mini Bluetooth speaker for Archer. Before I send it, I want to make sure it is what he wants. It is one that will take an iPod or phone, wireless or aux. It is rechargeable and lasts seven hours on one charge. It is not one that the iPad or phone sits in. It connects by plugging in the iPad, phone, or wirelessly to the Bluetooth. I want to get him something that would make music better for him. If he already has a really good one, I'm more than willing to take this back. Robert and I would also like to help pay for an iPad that Archer can maneuver. Let me know about both the speaker and the iPad. Sent to Dutch Sempt, my youngest son, at 8.01 p.m. Did you get the family text? He's iced and fever is coming down. Received from Elizabeth Phipps Sanborn, 8.02. Did you decide? Received from Billy Sempt. Thanks so much for being there and all your wonderful care for Arch. Sent to Nan Heller. Nan, your bounty is so kind. He actually has a mini jam box speaker we use and love, by the way. Each of the kids got one for Christmas from Santa, so your idea is right on. Regarding the iPad, he can use that. That's awesome. 
Please hold off until we see what wonders he may be able to do after rehab. We're in the woods again at this very moment in ICU as he's in an ice blanket again with 104.8 temperature and I'm watching the machine pulse to bring it down. Please say a prayer. XO. Sent to Billy Sempt, 8.21 p.m. I'm glad to be here. It's truly sentinel duty. And it takes two plus. Uncle Bill coming Tuesday through Thursday. Sent to Elizabeth Sanborn, 8.22 p.m. Haven't had a chance to talk with Archer. Resting, in and out, now a fever. Received from Dave Sempt, 8.22, prayers and a shamrock. Sent to Jack Sanborn, Elizabeth Phipp Sanborn, and 25 others at 8.23 p.m. Good news, fever down to 102. Not great news. They put him on a broad-spectrum antibiotic again. Sent to Elizabeth Phipp Sanborn, 8.25 p.m. Can Bill stay Friday and you and Jack come for Labor Day if we're still here? Just a thought. Not a need, because maybe Pete or Paula will be here too, but a thought. Still his lungs are infected? Received from Lillian. Thank you for that update. I'm wondering, Louise, would this mean no visitors to prevent any exposure? Sent to Billy. Don't know. Lung x-ray today, Dr. Devereaux said looked good. Inflammation from surgery, but that's expected, and that is what is giving him pain. But no infection or anything, hence the broad-spectrum antibiotic, because that high of a fever often indicates fungal. Sent to Lillian Phipps Johnson at 8.35 p.m., I'm thinking the same thing. I'll ask tomorrow. Sent to Bernadette Morrow, 8.36 p.m. Sarah. Sent to Ruthie Lavelle, 8.36 p.m. Thank you. Sent to Kara Kohler, 8.37 p.m. He's in an ice blanket, battling 104.8 temp. Received from Bernadette Morrow, 8.37 p.m. Sarah emailed me. We were just on the same wavelength. How was Archer tonight? I hope resting peacefully. Received from Kara Kohler, 8.39 p.m. Oh my gosh, the stamina this requires from all of you is unimaginable. We are pulling. Received from Elizabeth Phipp Sanborn. Our niece gets married on Saturday in Middleburg, Virginia. How many are there this weekend? Received from Dutch Sempt. Yes, I do. I'm in the deep set. Received from Lucy Lavelle. On a much lighter note, I talked to Michael Easton for a while last night. Such a nice, handsome guy. You can tell he really cares about Paula. Sent to Ann Hammond. He's in the ice blanket, battling 104.8 temperature. Sent to Dutch Sempt, 9.12 p.m. Thumbs up. Received from Sue Smith, my sister-in-law, 9.12 p.m. Praying always, loving all the strength, constantly in our thoughts, Bill and Sue. Sent to Ruthie Lavelle, yep, we're crazy about him too. 
received from Dave Sent. Thumbs up and a shamrock. Sent to Elizabeth Phipps Sanborn. Billy, Pete, and I, and Dutch. Sent to Bernadette Morrow, 914. He's in an ice blanket with 104.8 temp. Received from Anne Hammond. The soul can split the sky in two and let the face of God shine through. Edna St. Vincent Millay. You are strong. An archer is strong. I love you. Received from Bernadette Morrow. Storming the heavens with prayers for Archer. Received from Anne Hammond at 9.34 p.m. Praying, praying. I am so sorry. How much more can you take? Poor baby. And received from Bernadette Morrow at 9.55 p.m. Cole will do a video in the morning. Do you want it sent to your cell? I was strategizing how to give Archer good information. I thought another young quadriplegic talking about his experience at the Shepherd Center would be fairly convincing. Peer to peer. Sent to Bernadette Morrow. Yes, please. Sent to Leslie and Rick Bradstreet, my Enneagram friends from Texas. 10.37 p.m. Leslie and Rick. Louise here. Archer is in an ice blanket, battling 104.8 temperature right now. I'm sitting here in our dark healing sanctuary, waiting and watching for it to come down. I'm reading your card with the flashlight and I'm so moved and your photography is so beautiful. You both are so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for your card and thinking of us. The road is probably long, but I know there will be miracles along the way. It's an hour by hour thing now. I never imagined so many things, but I'm learning. Peace and love to you both. Sent to Terry Saracino, 10.45 p.m. Terry, Archer is in an ice blanket, battling 104.8 temperature right now. I'm reading cards from Enneagram friends with a flashlight and looking at the beautiful white daisies in the Bergamo community. And I'm so moved by everyone's love. You are all so beautiful. Thank you for thinking of us and praying for us. The road is probably long, but I know there will be miracles along the way. I never imagined any of this. Peace and love to you. Hail Mary. Sent to Dutch Sempt at 10.47 p.m. Dutchie, did you read the card from Sam Burgunder? So kind. You are so loved. X-O, Mama. Received from Lisa Chase Kaiser, one of my sorority sisters at UVA, 10.49 p.m. Louise and Billy, my heart truly aches for you every single day. I am praying, praying, praying and hoping that Archer will stabilize and turn a corner so that he can come out of ICU and move closer to home. The strength of Archer is astounding. Yes, 
He is truly lion-hearted. The strength of you, Billy, and your family just hits the soul. Honestly, I don't think that three hours goes by without my thinking of you. He almost lost my brother when he was 15. Oh my gosh. It was a long road for three years. Love, strength, and the power of prayer and humankind got us through. It's an indelible mark. Archer has made an indelible mark upon me and my family. All of your warriors are staying strong and want to be there with all of you with much love and prayerful thoughts. Lisa Chase Kaiser and family. Received from Terry Saraceno. Dear Louise, I just landed at the Hartford Airport to join Paul here at our farm in Western Mass. Know that we are both holding you and Archer in these difficult hours. I got out my dear Aunt Mimi's rosary a week or so ago after you were on our call. Hail Marys are on the way. Lots of love, Terry and Paul. Oh my goodness, that really moved me because I know they're not Catholic. Sent to Lisa Chase Kaiser, 11.34 p.m. Lisa Cheese, you are so good to say this. Archer is in an ice blanket paddling 104.8 right now. I'm reading your text in the dark and am so moved. Please tell me what happened with your brother. You are so beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you for thinking of us. There will be miracles along the way. Please pray. Please pray for us and especially to the Virgin Mother. Sent to Terry Saraceno, 11.35 p.m. Mary will be waiting and ready to receive your request. Always does. XO. Received from Lisa Chase Kaiser, 12.36 in the morning. Louise, ever since I read your first text a couple of weeks ago, I have just been preoccupied with knowing your grief and love for your child. There is no beginning and no end for such love of a child. It surrounds you. I am privileged that I and my family can keep him in our constant thoughts and prayers. It will be an ongoing vigil for you, something that is beyond anything that any one of us can imagine. But somehow, we muster up the strength to be bigger than anything else that has come in our way. You, Billy, and your family are going beyond that. Archer gained such strength from what he truly knows. He has unending love. 
I hesitate to even describe my story. Grief is so personal. My older brother, about 40 years ago, was diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer. We were told that no one had lived from the onset of the prognosis. He had his leg amputated and went through months of chemotherapy, onset of heart failure, and many scares that the cancer had reoccurred. Our church, friends, so many people surrounded us with such love and support. Our friends, our friends made sure that my sister and I got home safely from school. Because my mom and dad could not be there. My brother was in an experimental study through NIH, through miracles, modern medicine. But looking back, Johnny would have survived much better today with the medical inroads and the power of prayer and positive thinking. He lived. I am just a believer, like you've asked. Archer is amidst many believers. That is just so important. I can't think anything else but Archer. And Archer knows that prayers are said every day and every night for him. That gives him peace and makes him stronger every day. Archer is surrounded by so much love. What a testament to your wonderful and beautiful son, as well as to your mother and family. With much love, Lisa Kay and family. Sent to Lisa Chase Kaiser, 4.40 a.m. Thank you. Sent to Billy Sent, 4.41 a.m. Sweetie, no need to come so early. 8 a.m. is fine. Go back to sleep. XO. Sent to Kathy Armstrong. Kathy was our family financial planner. I sent her this text because the hospital told us we'd be financially responsible for Archer's transport. Here's hospital facts number, Kathy. Main physicians are Tolucci, Kelly Wilman. Received from Billy Sent, 6.31 a.m. I'm coming now, sending love. Sent to Billy Sent, 7.17 a.m. I may be asleep, hopefully. I just consented to a blood transfusion. His hemoglobin, 6.8. Not good again. He'll need pints of blood. I don't know what he's lost in surgery. Chest tube drainage must account for the other. But it hasn't been too bloody, they said. Can you bring plug adapter extender? One of those little things in the tool closet. Sent to Billy Sent, 7.18 a.m. Archer's room is also very cold. You need a winter hat to not catch cold at night. Sent to Billy Sent, 7.41 a.m. I have a weird rash I want to show you. I've showed them three times. No one worried. I swear it's like a bed bug. 
It started and I got them both nights here. Go figure. Sent to Billy Sempt, Pete Sempt, Paula Sempt, 9.24 a.m. To the Archer Daily Room Refreshes. Let's be committed to dabbing Archer's fingers and toes with Lord's healing water while praying silently or out loud Hail Marys. Let's do that every morning and every evening, whoever is on duty, okay? Whether he is sleeping or awake, along with the lavender, peppermint, and soft music. As for the day, when he may also want to rest, please raise the shade at least a foot to allow in some sunlight, unless he requests otherwise. Sent to Tara Grimes, 9.55 a.m. Tara Grimes was arriving from the Shepherd Center. Parking for Archer, destination Atlanticare Medical Center, 1925 Pacific Atlantic City, New Jersey, 08401. Enter Atlantic City on Atlantic City Expressway. Head for downtown. Look for Caesars. Take a left on the street where the galloping horse statue is. Go two blocks. Pass urgent care, not us. Look for Atlantic care. Take left onto Pacific. Park in Caesars parking garage across from the Atlantic Care Medical Center Hospital Center, 1925 Pacific. I can give you our free parking pass when you leave. If the parking garage is barricaded because it's full due to all the AC concerts, on the Pacific Street entrance across from the hospital, go around the block to the other entrances on Missouri or Arkansas. Otherwise, the lots are $25 just to drive in. From Caesars, take the elevator to the third level of the garage or walk around. Hope not too far, depending on where you can get a parking space. Walk over the footbridge from the third level of the garage to the second level of the hospital. Take the elevator to the third floor. Trauma. ICU. Hit the buzzer. Let them know you're here for Archer Sempt. Room. Three one one one. Be safe. Say a rosary on your drive. XO. Received from Julie Sullivan, nine fifty seven AM. Tara from Shepherd Center trying to reach you. Wants to see you tomorrow. Sent to Julie Sullivan, nine fifty eight AM. Done. Ten AM tomorrow. Perfect. Received. From Julie Sullivan, 9.59 a.m. How is Archer this morning? Received from Lisa O'Donovan, our old friend from Baltimore. Her husband was in our wedding. 9.59 a.m. What a beautiful journal entry today. I am so happy that Archer is able to really rest. That will certainly give him the strength he needs to get home. Prayers continually coming your way. XO. Received from Tara Grimes. ETA. It should take about one to one and a half hours from Philadelphia. Sent to Julie Sullivan, 1027 AM. A picture of Archer's cardiac pacemaker from Medtronic and all the pass keys and the passwords. Sent to Julie Sullivan, please log for Archer's medical file. This is important information for his pacemaker. 
sent to Tara Grimes, 1028 AM. We are so appreciative. Received from Ann Hammond, 1029 AM. Dear Louise, another day out of my devotional. I have searched for things to send you and words of comfort. Most of the scripture that I have come across extols us to be strong because better things are on the horizon. I keep thinking that I can't send those to you because nothing will ever be as good for Archer physically as they were before his accident. But at least I can say that things have got to get better in the future than they are right this moment today. I'm so sad for you. And I know that God and his angels are watching you and crying for you and bearing you up. I have a spiritual Christian intuitive that I talk to at times. She helped me see a lot of Christ's love for me, and it helped me get through some very dark times. I'm going to talk to her today because, frankly, I have been a little freaked out by the strength of the response to my prayers for you and Archer. She will help me see what my stuff means, and I will share it with you. You have a strong and resilient spirit, and I think that Archer must have been lucky enough to inherit that from you. Stay strong, Louise, and know that an army stands behind you. Love, Anne. I will stay strong, Anne. I will. I think Archer knows we are not alone. Yes, follow your gift, my friend. God works through all of us if we allow it. Thank you. I love you so much. As the morning continued on, I thought about that little YouTube video Archer had made just a year ago in school. I thought about what he has already endured in his life. I thought about what he said about pain. And I thought about the comfort of hot cocoa and chocolate, and sweet moments in life. Oh yes, it all tasted so good. I could taste Atlanta, and I could taste the sweetness of the friends supporting my family. Join me next episode as we continue with August 29th and 30th in this trilogy. Life can change in the blink of an eye. Life is so precious. Sending love. Hope for everything. Obtain everything. Thank you for tuning in to the Blink of an Eye story. You may continue listening this Saturday to Season 2, Trauma Healing Learnings, that accompany this story. At Trauma Healing Learning 18, Hot Cocoa. We're on Facebook, Instagram, at Blink of an Eye Pod. Please share, please like, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Together, we are raising the vibration for healing.
You've been listening to Blink of an Eye. We ask that you share this with anyone who may need inspiration, a lift, or who may relate. Never miss an episode. Listen on our website, blinkofaneyepodcast.com, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Baltimore Mediation. Baltimore Mediation has offered trainings and workshops on conflict transformation, mediation, relational leadership, and the Enneagram since 1993. For more information on our course offerings, visit www.baltimoremediation.com.